Hello and welcome to the Witches Gathering. I am we are your host, Carrie. And I'm Sabella. And today, dear listeners, we are going to be discussing folklore. Yes, folklores, folk stories, tales, fairy stories, whatever you want to call them. Yes, and as of now, it's just going to be a kind of like overview because if we went into the history of everything, we would be here for days. Months, weeks, years, years, centuries. Your children would be listening to this podcast and their children and so on and so forth shall it be from this time forward. And then we would become the folk story. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yes, we would. (laughs) Yeah, so we decided to make a little series out of this particular topic. So this episode is going to be kind of the, like Carrie said, the overview um, of how to work folk tales and folklore into your magic. And then we will give in the next couple episodes some examples of how to utilize these, I guess, tools we're giving you. I don't know. Advice? Tools? Things. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll just, you know, play it by ear as of now. But uh, As we always do. Right? <laughs> I mean, you don't come here for structure. <laughs> None of this is planned. <laughs> nope. I mean, it's just only slightly planned. It's more or less just, we just kind of do the whole, like, throwing the pasta at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> yes, which I did that one time, and the pasta was still not cooked fully. Aw. I know. It wasn't even al dente. It was like still crunchy. (laughs) And so I threw it at my husband. (laughs) And it it stuck. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, pasta is done. And he's like, no. (laughs) I have accidentally thrown pasta at the wall and it stuck. I was attempting to like flip it from the strainer into the pot with some sauce and kind of blend it all together type of thing and then I could add some stuff to it and I flipped too quickly and some of the noodles went bloop against the wall and yeah so I guess that I mean they were done so yeah I I learned that yeah but honestly just test your pasta yes always test your pasta by throwing it at things (laughs) That's anyway. the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Good night to everybody. <laughs> Thank you for coming. This Anyways. has been totally useless information that, that you did not We're going to talk for. about folklore and then it's just going to go into pasta making. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure we will bring up this Dragonona at some point, so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favorites. So yeah, let's go through it. What is folklore, Sabella? So folklores, folktales, um, any sort of word you want to call them it's just stories of the people and so the word folk just means people and uh when we're talking about lore we tend to think of like legends and stuff like that but a legend is nothing more than a story or a tale anything like that so just kind of in a nutshell you could you could kind of break everything down into what's a fairy story what's a folk tale, what's mythology, so on and so forth. But realistically, they're all kind of the same thing. They're stories yeah. created by people. Yeah, and what I've noticed is like, yeah, you have your stories and then they can branch off into whether you have your mythologies, your folk tale, folklore, uh, fairy tales. Like it just all branches out, but it's like to bring it all back, it's just a story. Yes. 
and humans are very we want to just have things that explain things Mm -hmm. because being in the unknown scares us so what do we do we tell our children about the boogeyman we tell our children about creation stories which would be myths um yeah, we, we tell stories to scare the crap out of you when you're walking up the stairs from the basement carrying the laundry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, everybody wants to feel unsafe while doing the laundry. Yeah, and it's all, like, cautionary tales of, like, be a better human. Yes, most to- uh, tales and stories and stuff, they do sometimes, not always, have some sort of moral or lesson that can be learned. Um I think actually one of my favorite lines, which was actually from a movie adaptation of the 1001 Nights, Mm -hmm. um, in it, they have a character who is a storyteller, and he tells the main character, Scheherazade, that um, stories tell us how to live and why. And I love that line because I think it's a very good kind of some like summary Mm -hmm. of tales and what what they're here for because they do they they teach us how to live our lives because we do have you know the cautionary tales we have the creation tales and all those types of things and the why part is why do we do these things how can you know how can we better model ourselves because it's very easy to tell somebody oh turn off that light but if you don't know why it has to be turned off you might be less inclined to do it <laughs> mm-hmm so, and it's cool too because throughout history, we can now look back at many of these stories and get a better idea of um, the particular time period in which those stories existed and um, the way in which the people of that time period might have modeled some of their ideas and uh, their daily lives off of. Yeah, and every, I mean, when we look at different, like, stories throughout history different regions have like different stories but they all kind of share similarities especially when it you know your cautionary tales or your creation tales like they're all gonna kind of yeah. I wouldn't say morph together but well we definitely have um categories for different types of tales um which There's plenty of other podcasts out there that really go into depth with this um, Mm -hmm. and will talk about the different types of tales and when certain tales can be classified as certain types of those tales. Um, Sorry. Um, But yeah, they can can be broken down into smaller subcategories, just like, you know, most other things in the world. All of us humans, we have to put everything in neat little boxes. Mm Mm-hmm. but I think the most important thing to remember is that everything that we have as far as like our stories, our beliefs, and um, many of, like, I mean, much of our entertainment and stuff, it all begins as a story or a tale. It all begins as somebody just talking and explaining something, whether that's an actual um physical thing that happened to them or it's an inference maybe it's a dream um maybe it's just a colorful tale but it most things start off as a story and even when it comes to magic and witchcraft 
much of what we do comes from some kind of tale or story or myth and we let it evolve from there mm-hmm. I-, I feel like sometimes in some of these episodes i'm just talking into the dead space in the void and the void doesn't answer back and i feel very alone well the void is listening too <laughs> All right, so um, I guess let's jump into just using folklore, folktales. Um, I'm just going to kind of call everything stories or folklore at this point. Yeah, that's Just to fine. make it easier to follow. Um, but I will start with um, how to discern some of this stuff and how to work with it. And I will explain <laughs> a bit better what I'm trying to say as... I unravel some of these points. Um, so one very important thing when it comes to how it, you can use stories and lore in your magic is, first of all, understand the full history of that tale and try to do so without any bias. Um, try to figure out, you know, where did this story come from? How does it relate to history? And also when it comes to things that are written in the past, look into how well you understand history because this is honestly a pet peeve of mine, especially because I do work with um, a lot of antiques and a lot of historical things in my everyday life. You, I, I would sit here and say, oh, you'd be surprised how many, but I guess <laughs> it's not <laughs> that mm-hmm. uncommon. Um, but I always have people come in and tell me things like how, um, for example, women's corsets were so uncomfortable and women were constantly in pain and, you know, they were all tightly laced and stuff. And like, no, if they you've weren't. been in a corset, you would know, like, they're, they can be quite comfortable. Yeah. I mean, if like, do you from a not breathe? From a historical standpoint, if your corset is uncomfortable, you have laced it wrong. You have been yeah. ill-fitted. And... They are not tight-laced so that your waist is super tiny. It's actually, your waist is very naturally laced and everything else is padded out to Mm -hmm. look fuller. Like, there's way more padding going on underneath all of that than you think there is. Um, Which is not unlike wearing a padded push-up bra nowadays. Or shapewear. Yeah, or shapewear. Um, Like, there's a lot in history that we have created these negative images of because every generation does this with every new generation. We kind of tend to look at the past ones as being primitive because Mm -hmm. we make, you know, scientific strides or we change our way of thinking and we start to recognize some of the ills that we had done in the past. So we kind of push this very negative view on the past. But I mean, without the past, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't, know the things we know we wouldn't learn and that's the thing you can I mean they always say you know learn from the past so you don't or you're doomed to repeat yeah that too um but also just the simple fact of like people are not any different now than they were in the past do you really think that if people were that uncomfortable in the past they would have kept doing it no way Mm -mm. no no. (laughs) I mean still to this day I you know think I have ghosts in the blood and maybe take cocaine for it but you know (laughs) yes the answer to everything is take cocaine about it yeah maybe some opium if the cocaine's not helping you're fine (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so definitely when you're looking into these tales and stuff, really study the history and try to do it from an unbiased point of view. Which and is hard. It is like, very hard. It's, but it's good to learn in your magic. And especially if you're going into like folk magic and it's good to learn about like more of where you came from and like your ancestors and your stories mm-hmm. and grow from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's okay to, it, when it comes to magic, magic isn't just looking at the magical aspect of things. It's also looking at the mundane aspect of things. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to using a lot of these tales and stuff in your practice, it's important to be able to tell the difference between what was magical and what was mundane. And little nuances will stand out a bit more once you realize that some things just happen to be a thing. So um, I won't go too much into detail, but I know that, for example, in the tale of Little Red Riding Hood, the fact that she's carrying milk and wine and bread and cheese in her basket is really not as important (laughs) as some of the other parts of this story those are very mundane things for her to have been carrying Mm -hmm. so even though we might associate you know milk bread cheese wine these are very ritualistic things uh modernly anyway we see them as very ritualistic especially if you come from a wiccan background these are things that you would find in a ritual or would even be used for grounding and stuff like that but really back then they were just common groceries they were kind of like when you currently go to the grocery store and you grab your peanut butter milk eggs and bread which who knows in the future maybe that is seen as magical peanut you never butter know. is magical I, I don't care what anybody it says it is is it it is i mean it puts me instantly in a good mood and that's pretty some fucking magical stuff <laughs> <laughs> but jiff is the only peanut butter brand that matters just saying hate me all you want really <laughs> Yep. Choosy moms choose Jeff. (laughs) See, I still remember back in the Mandela effect when it was Jiffy. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) It's always been Jeff. You guys can keep that Peter Pan crap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Peter Pan's not that good. No, it's disgusting. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Enough about peanut butter. Um, yeah, so ask yourself, like, how does this particular story relate to history? And also, how does it change over the course of history? Because there's a lot of tales out there that have developed completely different renditions as time has gone on. Mm -hmm. And it's then important to ask yourself, you know, why did these changes come along? What happened that this was no longer relevant or this was important to put in there or take out of there. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my throat is all fucked up. It's okay. You should take cocaine about it. I should definitely take cocaine about it. Um, yes. Yeah, so Don't do drugs, kids. Do all the drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, for legal reasons, don't do the drugs. Unless your doctor says to do the drugs then you should do the drugs but the doctors in the past did say to do cocaine about it exactly 
So, I mean, I guess, you, you know, it, it's fine. <laughs> Do whatever you And what did you Dare t teach us back in high school? That drugs would be more easily accessible. You know, they really led me to believe that drugs would be a lot more readily available and cheaper than they actually mm -hmm. are. And I feel let down and I want my fucking money back. Yeah, and also I thought I would be worrying more about quicksand in my everyday life than I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we do live in an area where a building is rapidly sinking into quicksand. No, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's also apparently haunted. It is, very. Having worked there for a few years and having to be alone at night and going through all the tunnels and stuff it's definitely fucking haunted mm-hmm oh, okay know? okay well, I don't, none of that was not a damn thing of that was necessary information okay anyway moving forward yeah. <laughs> another thing to keep in mind when you are going through these tales is to understand obviously the culture and the place and the people who were the ones recording and writing these tales. Um, I believe it's Charles Perrault is the one who wrote down a, a good number of mm -hmm. our modern day fairy tales. Like, um, uh, I can't remember if he actually wrote down like Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, but like in the same vein of those types of stories. Um, but his method of writing things down was very uh, interesting, and he felt compelled to have a moral for every single story. Mm -hmm. And if the traditional story didn't really have a moral that he particularly liked, then he would create the story to have more of a moral that fit his views. Um, so it's important to understand who actually did the recording of these tales what what's their life like what did they do what drove them to this yeah so definitely take a look at you know the story and then the all like alternating endings mm -hmm. yeah um i really wish i could remember her name off of the top of my head and i can't remember if she wrote swan lake or if she wrote sleeping beauty mm -hmm. but there was a French courtier woman who ended up writing one of those two stories and she had like the most tragic heartbreaking love affair and life I mean like don't get me wrong she was you know wealthy and well yeah. taken care of living in you know luxury so you know the violin is only so big here in this mm -hmm. sad story <laughs> but um yeah, she, she ended up having a love affair with somebody whom was taken away from her. And so it's through this story that she expressed that love and a lot of her hatred and her jealousy and her anger and everything that has happened. So knowing her story and then knowing the tale as well, you really start to see it unfold and what magic she wrote into it from real life and what fantasies she was trying to create and what um what she was attempting to manifest into the world through this tale mm -hmm. so i think it's really important to look into the people as well obviously the most popular authors that we know of modernly are the Grimm brothers yeah um knowing their history and understanding them and understanding the fact that um they actually didn't write 
most of their tales. It no, was... didn't they just, like, compile a yeah. bunch of other tales into, like, just one little cute encyclopedia of, like, here, here, go. <laughs> I mean, kind of is what they did. They, um, they had a lot of help from, mm-hmm. um, their neighbors. Um, I believe they ended up marrying one of the girls that they had a lot of help from. Actually, I think, um, if I, I could be wrong here, so don't quote me on this. I think the one family that helped them was actually relatives of Oscar Wilde. Oh. Um, but I could be wrong there. (laughs) Again, don't, don't quote me on that one. What I actually recommend is if you are interested in learning any of that type of stuff and learning some of the history of, um, different tales, these are shorter episodes, but I definitely recommend a podcast called Singing Bones, and it is named after the tale of the Singing Bones. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's run by a girl named Claire Claire Testoni, and she has an entire episode on the Grimm brothers and the Wild Sisters, and uh, I think she also talks about some of the other authors as well that have written uh, many of the the tales and she gives you a little background on you know this is why this story came to be because this is the life and stuff like that so yeah I definitely recommend looking at who is telling this story I think that's very important mm-hmm. um, I think also too discerning differences and variations and asking yourself important questions about the validity to you of the different variations and the example I can give of this is with the tale of Aladdin so modernly most people are very familiar with the Disney version of Aladdin where Mm -hmm. Aladdin it takes place in this magical mythical place called Agrabah which we just kind of assume is somewhere in a Arabic speaking Middle Eastern country um, and we have the very funny Robin Williams as this big blue genie and, um, our princess Jasmine and the evil Jafar and all this type of stuff. And that's what we know when we hear Aladdin, but Aladdin actually comes from the Aflela Walela, which we modernly call, um, 1001 nights or Arabian nights, um, and the original tale of Aladdin actually takes place in China. And Princess Jasmine's name is not Jasmine. And it is very, very difficult to pronounce and read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I actually love. In, um, there's a wonderful miniseries of uh, the 1001 Nights. And I love that it's kind of a running joke when they do the entire thing of Aladdin. They just keep saying Princess whatever her name is. <laughs> because mm-hmm. they even they were just like eh, whatever <laughs> see and you know what that makes sense like now learning that like hey it was more of a chinese based story because i had like one of these like old board games mm-hmm. that was disney inspired and it was like disney trivia and it was like oh what nationality is aladdin and you know the common answer would be arabic and then like the answer thing was chinese i'm like what are you even talking about but you know <laughs> makes sense now yeah 
Yeah, and there's there's different things that happen to Aladdin, and his trials and tribulations are very different. And there's not just one genie. There's a couple, and there's a whole lot more going on in this story. So when it comes to things like that, you have to ask yourself, okay, well, is one version more valid than the other? If so, why? Or Mm -hmm. do they both exist on different planes and are equally valid as two completely separate stories? Or are they both one story? And that's where you have to really start digging into these stories and asking these questions for yourself because I can't tell you how to do your magic. I can't say just because I tend to prefer the original written version of Aladdin and if I were to use the tale of Aladdin in my magic in some way I probably would use the written version. That being said I freaking love the Disney version. I know it's problematic in some ways but I fucking like Robin Williams just made that movie. (laughs) You just can't compare. Now, does it, like, not accurately represent a genie or a djinn? No, yeah, it no. doesn't. If you meet a djinn, run. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> they, they are not going to grant you wishes, at least not to my knowledge. I mean... They're going to fuck you they up. They might. <laughs> I don't know if you necessarily want to accept them. There's many different... This is a thing, too. Like, there's many different types of djinn. And mm-hmm. they're, all, not, they're not all necessarily bad. And, um... Oh, I wouldn't say bad. I would yeah, just say, like, a lot of that I've intense. seen. Yes. Not yeah. very, like, it's the same when it comes to working with, like, the fae or yes. fairies. And I'm sure a lot of us have heard, like, don't work with the fae because there's contracts that you are not going to be able to break. And they're generational. And unless you know what you're doing. And they might ask for something that you're not willing to give or... Mm-hmm. um you might end up with a not necessarily toxic bond, but you might just end up with one with you for a long time that you just don't want to work with anymore, but they're just going to keep coming at you. Yeah. And I don't know, they're, they can be quite mischievous as well, where even ones that seem like they are just kind of chilling can turn around one day and just say, eh, screw this, I'm going to get playful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they and their playful many- is not like, hey, let's play hopscotch. <laughs> no. And they, just like the Fae as well, they kind of come in many different um, sizes, shapes, colors. Like, they're mm-hmm. they're very widespread. And they're the djinn themselves are something you, you'd have to do, like, a lot, a lot of looking into. And in doing so, like, there's really not a lot of information out there for the Western world um, about djinn. So, you know, I recommend talking to somebody who is actually... Like Arabic has knowledge of that culture um, Mm -hmm. and maybe help you with some translations because there's only, I mean, just go to the source. If you you want real information, you go right to the source. But that's neither here nor there for this particular episode. Right. Um, The point is simply just that, you know, when you when you're using these tales, compare them. And see which one speaks to you more and why, like, if there are variations of it, why does it speak to you more in this way? And what are some things about it that stood out to you? Why did they stand out to you? You're quiet again. I don't like it. <laughs> what? You got quiet again. I don't like it. I, I'm here. Okay. 
thought we ended our section. Um, okay, I can move on. Um, so, also, it's important to understand, too, that a lot of times with witchcraft, you're probably already using folktales and folklore in your magic. Mm-hmm. Um, one example of this is many old wives' tales, as they are sometimes called. Things like, if a broom falls, then company is coming. Um, spilling salt is another one. Yeah, you gotta toss it over your right shoulder or left? I don't remember. I remember that uh, spilling salt, you're supposed to toss it over your shoulder. I've heard you have to spin around three times. I've heard you had to spit in the opposite direction. I've heard it means that company's coming, but it's bad company. And if you don't throw it over your shoulder, they won't, they'll have like a prolonged stay. I've heard that it's um, the devil coming up behind you and you throw the salt to keep him at bay. I've heard so many things. (laughs) Yeah, I heard more of like, just it's bad luck in like, to throw it over your shoulder for like I don't know devil's a salty bitch I don't know <laughs> but there's many things and you know another like since we're in the U.S. and Appalachian full uh like old wives tale is a witch can that I just found out a witch cannot jump over a broom hmm. interesting yeah I mean and I'm like well that maybe explains it's true because every time I've dropped a broom I pick it up <laughs> I mean, could explain why, you know, I'm clumsy as fuck when I'm dusting or when I'm sweeping, but. (laughs) It makes, you know what? I'm just going to say this one's 100% fact. Because if there's a broom lying on the ground, I'm not jumping it. I'm picking it up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will not cross that broom. Um, But I mean, like broom jumping too. I don't, I actually don't know the origin of this particular um, piece of lore or I guess tradition. It might be. But I know I think it's, jumping the broom during a wedding. It's um, African. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's, I forget which, um, where at in Africa, but it's a very African tradition. And then I know um, slaves back in the day, they would use that mm-hmm. um, to, you know, carry on their traditions as much as they could. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a very um, African focused tradition. That's cool. See, I mm-hmm. learned something. <laughs> and like um, you know speaking of weddings tying the knot mm-hmm. hand fastening is mm-hmm. nordic yes. um i think norse and celtic um mm-hmm. there's actually quite a few similarities between some of those types of things because you know trade and stuff exists <laughs> uh yeah but i mean like even um divining your child's personality through astrology um even without actual astrological charts i know that i've talked to you about this particular little rhyme before um this one has kind of started to fall out of favor i think but i'm bringing it back because i can Mm -hmm. so they um i don't i don't know where it originated um i've seen people say that it originated in appalachia but i'm not really sure um but it was through the days of the week. You could tell, you know, depending on the day of the week which your child is born, it is supposed to tell you their type of personality. So Monday's child is um, fair of face. Tuesday's child is full of grace. Wednesday's child is full of woe. Thursday's child has far to go. Friday's child is loving and giving. And Saturday's child works hard for a living. 
and the child that is born on the Sabbath day is good and wise and fair and gay. <laughs> um, oh, I was born on a Monday. Well, you're fair of face. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was born on a Wednesday, so I'm full of woe. But the funny thing about that, and another little historical thing that we can give an example here of, the word woe, W-O-E, as we know it now, um, which is, this is actually why Wednesday Adams is named Wednesday, is because woe modernly means very dark and gloomy. However, when this little poem was originally written, woe was another word for um, joyfulness. So over time, it has evolved. <laughs> yeah, how does it go from joyfulness to dark and gloomy? I mean, <laughs> time. How, like, how did we in the 90s start calling everything bad to mean good? Well, the 90s didn't, they just never made sense. I'm just saying, other time periods didn't fucking make sense either. <laughs> the 90s were a special case, okay. Listen, we just got done talking about things being lit. Things are not <laughs> literally lit. <laughs> they are not well, literally fire. <laughs> I mean, we, we could be like the new kids and go sheesh. Sheesh? Yeah, were they like... Like a but, few type of thing? Like a onomatopoeia? I don't know, because it's like they always... I think it's like... I forget who started it, but like he points to his vein as he's like cold-blooded, but it like gives me very like I do heroin on the side type of vibe. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm Download the this. TikToks and then you will see. <laughs> Download the clock app. That goes tiki tack. Yes. <laughs> I'm too old for this conversation. <laughs> okay, so where was I? Oh, right. Uh, old wives' tales. Yes. Um, so in your magic and your everyday practice, you're probably already doing little things that are old wives' tales and have existed for a very long time. Um along with some of that type of stuff you'll also have like personal gnosis especially from family members mm-hmm. where um something happens to you or a family member and they tell the story and it becomes one of those things like ever since then our family follows this tradition and uh i know this isn't a very magical one but the only example i can give from my personal gnosis which i've already told you is why we eat donut holes on halloween which is quite boringly just because one year my uncle showed up for Halloween and he walked in the door and said that he wanted donut holes, like he just had a taste for them. So my grandfather went out and grabbed some donut holes. And ever since then, on Halloween, we always have donut holes in case Mm -hmm. anybody wants them. They are already there. And this year, of course, you gifted me with some donut holes. Which were delicious. They were really good. They were a glazed pumpkin. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm sad. Do you still have cupcakes? Because I didn't get one. Yeah, there's still cupcakes, honey. Okay, cool. And I've been keeping them in a container so that they're staying nice and moist. Ugh. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> no, I don't like the word. And you know you made half of our audience cringe. Bring- would you prefer if I said they're nice and soggy? 
they're nice and wet. <laughs> Dewy. <laughs> I did probably make happy hot. We just yeah. got unfollowed by like a million people. <laughs> We're canceled now because yeah, I said the M word. M word. <laughs> Oh, I mean, if we're going to get canceled for anything, I'm fine with that being the reason. <laughs> yep. I'd rather it be that than something else stupid that I'll do. <laughs> Why are you thinking it's only going to be you? I could get us canceled. You don't know that. You're too nice. Says you, boogerhead. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, um, back to this. Yes. <laughs> So, also, okay, wait, hold up. Thought processes, they have to come together. Okay, dial up. <laughs> we need that button. I know. <laughs> um, right, so a lot of what we do in our everyday magical practice, uh, it's all probably from some sort of lore somewhere. Um, even the deities... I really hope I don't sound offensive in saying this to anybody, but our deities are all from a type of lore. They're all from myths and legends, and there's nothing wrong with that, you guys. Um, it's facts. It's facts. Like, but yeah, it, you know. It all starts somewhere, and it just so happens that stories are where witches tend to pull a lot of their power from. Which I think is also why when you are reading stories, witches are an integral part of a tale. There's, they're almost inescapable in mm -hmm. stories. It's just stories and witches and magical practitioners just go hand in hand. They yeah. can't really be separated, it seems. Without the magic, we end up getting things like the little match girl, and that just makes us oh, all want to kill ourselves. <laughs> Stop it. No. <laughs> Why would you do that? I thought we discussed this. <laughs> I did say that we are not going to talk in full about the little match girl. I just briefly mentioned her. For anyone who has not heard the tale of the little look match it up. girl, go look it up. Look Be it up. Before you do, I will warn you have a box of tissues a stuffed animal a big blanket whatever cozy things you need when you're like some oreo cookies or whatever like whatever you're really in that depressed mood because you're gonna fucking need them <laughs> yeah i mean don't get me wrong it's a beautiful story it's I, gorgeous you should hear i it love the story i if you can get the disney shorts did one where it has a bunch of different like legends that they did different animations for mm -hmm. um and the match little match girls and that Ooh, let me see if i can actually real quick look that up for people yeah whoever animated it was it was fantastic i want to say the paper plane short was in that one too Okay, um, so it's just called The Little Match Girl, um, 2006 film, and, oh, wow, um, <laughs> sorry, I just read one of the last lines in here is that 
Disney executives objected to the sad ending, so happier endings were tried, but ultimately the happier endings were rejected as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my um, god, they did a live action short or movie of this? I can't. Uh, why? Yeah, I'm looking at the animated studios one. Um, yeah. Robot Chicken did a parody too. Uh, there's so many parodies of this, but it's the saddest freaking story in the world. There are, a, um, I think there's some differences between um, the Disney version and the like actual like written source um, Christian Anderson's version. However, um, it, it's really not anything that takes away from the sadness of the story um it leaves out honestly some of the other darker things like how the girl's father is cruel and Mm -hmm. her grandma dies and all sorts of things that just make this story even fucking worse (laughs) to like sit there and go through but yes uh the 2006 animated disney film called the little match girl watch it and have it's only it's only an eight minute long movie. It's super to the point, and just you know, have somebody there to give you a hug because <laughs> you will definitely need it. Why did we talk about the little match girl again? I'm so confused. I don't know. <laughs> now it's all I can think of, and I'm just like, no, this no. <laughs> uh, there's a reason. I brought it up, but I don't remember what. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> now that I've uh, gone down a dark road here, let's bring it to something happy. Um, stories also have the innate workings of magic within them as well. And if you have been a magical practitioner for a little bit of time, I'm sure that you have been watching TV, movies, reading books, or even rereading some old tales and found, wow, this is actually a legitimate piece of magic that has been worked into this story. So for a happier note, because you will definitely need this after the little matchstick girl, for example, in Harry Potter, um, I th- it is Lupin that gives him the chocolate. Yeah, The chocolate first. Okay. Yeah, so when Harry is being attacked by the Dementors and Lupin comes in and helps him out and gives him a piece of chocolate, it seems like something that's really not important in the movie, even though it keeps reoccurring. But if you've ever worked a really intense spell or ritual, especially one that you feel like you're losing your energy, you feel like you're doing something very heavy, dude, a piece of chocolate, man. Mm -hmm. It's magic. I don't like chocolate. I really don't. But let me tell you. A quick little tiny piece of some dark chocolate or something right after a ritual you get your energy back and you are pretty like ready to be grounded again yeah and i mean a lot like with harry potter i mean it's based in you know story and magic and whether you like harry potter or don't care what the author says or you know don't like she did a lot of research in that maybe not the best but like she did a good job trying to research magic because I know a lot of um, spells, rituals, and everything. I'm, they are very, or at least like based off of actual ones. 
I don't I honestly don't know much about her process for writing it I just know that she's a she herself is problematic despite writing a book that wasn't like was the total opposite of being problematic when it first came out which is I don't understand (laughs) um but I mean whatever that was was just an example to be an example um yeah but there's there's a lot going on in a lot of different tv shows and stuff I mean very famously I'm sure a lot of other people have talked about the craft the craft actually did have um a on-site actual witch i don't remember if she was wiccan or not um but i think she she was wiccan yeah but she was an actual advisor to this movie and actually helped write these um spells and rituals and stuff for the movie of course they're not meant to be done directly from the movie Mm -hmm. but they were created with the same type of flow in mind so even for example you know the scene where they're all calling the quarters you could very well use the words from that particular scene when you choose to call the quarters if you are the type of person who calls the quarters you know like you can do that because spells and stories kind of go hand in hand Mm -hmm. um so I think one thing I will add is, of course, this should be, you know, the most obvious part of it. Um, when you're going through stories and lore and myths and etc., um, look at the symbols, look at the colors, look at the objects that are used, um, even little descriptive words. Why were these things specifically described? Does it really matter that Goldilocks had golden hair when she went and broke into the bear's house? Or is it unimportant and if you feel it is important why do you feel that it's important so really i think the main thing i'm trying to drive home here is just to study lore and tales and do so with a very discerning eye and with as little bias as possible and then once you have more information you can then put your own personal feelings into it and allow your intuition to guide you yeah and i also feel that like you know the more stories you read and research you do you'll see that there are similarities and probably you know things you already do in your craft that you may have not thought of like hey this story does that you know i do that too (laughs) yeah and see that like hey maybe things are more Oh, what's the word? Things are, you know, magic is more common than you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least this is my personal opinion. When doing witchcraft, I think being able to tell, I mean, you should be able to tell the mundane from the magic, but I think that your mundane and magic will walk side by side. Mm-hmm. So even the simplest of things will be part of your magic. And I think stories are an important part of that. I would agree. So, since I guess we've run out of things to talk about in this particular <laughs> episode, mostly because if we dive too much deeper, we're going to end up kind of digging into what the next couple episodes are going to be about, and then it'll just run way too long. 
Yeah, we always got to keep them waiting. Of course. Sometimes for three, four months. You of never course. know. <laughs> We're just chaotic that way. We believe mm-hmm. in chaos magic. <laughs> um, so, Carrie, what are some of your favorite folk tales? Uh, some of my favorite folk tales. Uh, I would say, like, number one, Stregonona. Um, number two, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. That's always going to be my baby right there. <laughs> and why I love men with no heads. <laughs> I mean, same. Or at least, like, head obscured. Like, pyramid head? Mm, daddy. <laughs> head adjacent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, moving torso. on. Don't, we don't care about the words, we care about the torso. <laughs> exactly. Um, those two are, like, my favorite like legend lore stories but when you come into like more mythical creatures that you will see like in like rituals and stuff i mean coming up to christmas i do love me some krampus mm-hmm. krampus krampus krampus, krampus. <laughs> sometimes i turn into the krampus <laughs> especially that time of the month <laughs> you just start stealing children and put them in an iron pot yes all the time <laughs> Like clockwork. <laughs> Every year. Mm-hmm. For legal reasons, do not search our house. <laughs> yeah. Do the cocaine about it. <laughs> and um, I also love Baba Yaga. Mm-hmm. Which I feel that, like, I mean, it's closer to, like, my roots. And I feel like I, you know, was uh, snuffed as a child for not getting... My parents to scare me with the tales of Baba Yaga. <laughs> Your life is so hard. How did it you is. ever grow up without being scared by chicken feet? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what about you? Um, of course, one of my favorites is Little Red Riding Hood. And I, too, also really love Sleepy Hollow. It's, mm-hmm. it's an American classic. It is. It just is. Um... As far as mythology, I've definitely always, of course, loved the tale of Hayes and Persephone. Mm-hmm. There's so many myths and tales that I've read that I want to be like, oh my gosh, it's my favorite, it's my favorite. But um, it's actually myths and tales that ended up leading me to wanting to um, make my major in college anthropology. So... Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to really say like this specifically other than the fact that I know that um, I do use Red Riding Hood in my magic and it is a very obvious thing about me. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not subtle with it. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. There's, there's so many tales, but I, I think another... I don't know if you would consider this to be one story or multiple stories, but I'm going to go with the Alfeda Waleda because I I don't know, I love everything about it. There's so much going on inside these tales and they're stories from like all around and they're all compiled together and I love Scheherazade as this figure in history and in time and 
also just like these stories that she comes up with and I don't know just it's so cool it's so fun Mm -hmm. and there's so many great characters that have come from these stories and as much as most people haven't read the 1001 nights most people actually know the stories or at least the major stories that are in them without realizing that they know them and it's i don't know it's a very interesting collection of stories within a story and i think i don't know i like the layers (laughs) because i'm complicated (laughs) um so i think i think those are what i'm just gonna have to stick with even though i know there's a lot more going on a lot more from around the world that i absolutely love but i think i'll just stick with those ones for right now sounds good to me ah okay i'm good i'm good sorry (laughs) you know last episode you just said oh no and disappeared (laughs) on me and now this one i'm getting you screaming at me (laughs) you know i i always want to keep you on your toes at this point, I'm just going to have to cut off all of my emotional ties to you. <laughs> it's for the best. <laughs> all right. Well, since you let us in, how about you sign us off and right. um, do that closing thing? Don't forget, folks, you can find us on Instagram and the Facebook. The f- the We're, We are not on TikTok yet. I was about to say TikTok. And I'm like, why am I thinking of TikTok? We're not there yet. No. <laughs> um, so Facebook and Instagram at um, Witches Gathering. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on Instagram at Sibella Fatale. And you can find me on Instagram at Carrion underscore Gray. Okay. All you. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoy our little walk down fairy tale lane. And we hope to see you next time. Remember, stay safe, stay sane, stay spooky. Bye, bitches. Don't let the trolls get you. Mm Mm-hmm.